Why spend hours searching dealerships, comparing makes and models? Find the best of BC's inventory in one place, todaysdrive.com. You'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. Get in the driver's seat. Don't miss out on the many options we have available for you. Powered by Black Press Media, todaysdrive.com connects you with exclusive new and used car deals. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halluschuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the Vancouver Island Daily and the PQB News. The NFL draft is complete, and today, to break down how the teams fared, we're pleased to bring back our Black Press NFL expert. Welcome, Aaron Halluschuk. Thank you for having me back. Let's get right into it. We'll start with uh, everybody's favorite, the Seattle Seahawks. How did you like their draft? You know, once every 10 years, I think they really do well. They're not known, obviously, for drafting that well, particularly in the last decade. But when they hit it right, I feel like they hit it right. I think this was definitely one of those years, those rare one in a decade years where things look like they lined up pretty well. Overall, I would give their draft this year probably a B plus or maybe an A. I was pretty surprised, actually, based on the last few years that they really, really did well with this one. Who's your favorite pick out of their draft class? My favorite pick probably was the second pick overall for them, Boye Mafe from Minnesota. He seems like just an absolute raw talent, physical, physical guy. And maybe it's the journalist in me too, but he sounds like just such a really interesting story behind his life as well. So overall, that's probably my favorite pick. Can you tell us a little bit about his backstory? Well, I understand his parents were both from Nigeria and he had the opportunity to take a year of school as well. He went back to Nigeria, comes from a very large family, six siblings overall. His mother passed away when he was quite young. I think it was on Mother's Day of all days. He learned sign language growing up. Just a really interesting childhood, but spent most of his college years in Minnesota. So I'm really curious to see what he's going to bring, both physically, but also as a teammate to the Seahawks. I think he might be a really good fit with that team. With the number nine pick overall that was obtained in the Russell Wilson draft, the Seahawks took Charles Cross, an offensive tackle from Mississippi State. What do you think Russ thought of that pick? It was interesting because... That was kind of, I think, maybe a direct hit in sort of what he needed. Obviously, the offensive line when he was around was not good at the best of times. And they were so desperate for some fresh new talent and just really rebuilding that O-line. And as soon as he leaves, in comes this really huge, violent, dominant offensive tackle. So it was definitely an eye-opening pick. It was a good pick because they did need it. The irony was certainly there when that was the first overall pick for the Seahawks. I think that was a little bit surprising for him if I was looking at it from my perspective out. There was talk that they may pick uh, quarterback Malik Willis even up to the number nine pick, and they passed on him three times with both of their second round picks. They took a running back, uh, Kenneth Walker and Boye Mafe, as you mentioned earlier. What are your thoughts on them passing up a quarterback like Willis? 
I'm a little bit disappointed, to be completely honest. I saw a lot of good things from Willis and his numbers in college just absolutely backed them up. I didn't think it would have been a bad pick, especially seeing as they went for a running back with Kenneth Walker. I thought that's where they may have taken Willis. I didn't think there was a huge risk in taking him, especially with that void. But I guess they saw something different and thinking ahead to next year's draft class, which is absolutely loaded with quarterbacks. Maybe their thought was that he didn't quite meet their level and they're going to sit on it for one year and look ahead to next year. And on day three, I thought they made a couple of very Seahawk picks. They took a cornerback, Kobe Bryant, the uniquely named Kobe Bryant, and perhaps my favorite pick, Tariq Woolen, who's a giant cornerback. What did you think of their efforts on day three? You're right. I think a very Seahawks pick was great. They needed to fill in those cornerback positions very much. And those were very Seahawks picks. They were good picks. I maybe would have looked somewhere different, but I'm not certainly mad about it. That very much works with the way that the team is right now. Getting back to the Kenneth Walker pick, just how much does Pete Carroll love the running game? Oh boy. I mean, that is absolutely the heart and soul of his philosophy for the team. And ultimately he sees it as a run first team. So for me, seeing that they picked a running back in that position, it makes sense. And it also sort of tells me a little bit about the Chris Carson situation that his injury might be a lot worse than what a lot of people thought it was at the end of the season. And maybe tells me that he may not be coming back at all this year. So not surprising again, a very Seahawks-like pick and just completely solidifies the way that Pete Carroll views his offense and his team. Uh, the question that's on everyone's mind is who will be the starter at quarterback on opening day for the Seahawks? I don't know. You know, between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, I think I'm going to have to lean towards Drew Locke. I think he's probably the definition of a game manager. And if it's going to be a run first offense like Pete really wants, he might be a good fit for that. Gino has the experience, but in those few games that he filled in for Russ last season, he didn't prove a lot that he was maybe starter material. So if I had to pick one, I think it's going to be Drew Locke, but I could see them certainly changing it up throughout the season and maybe even testing out a few other quarterbacks as the season progresses. What about somebody like Baker Mayfield, who has almost openly campaigned for the spot? It was interesting because I think a few days ago he went to the Seahawks and there was some talk that they might sign him. And it sounds like the Seahawks said, no, you're just not worth the $18.5 million. He would be I think a good fit in terms of his skills, in terms of his ability, but his philosophy and that of Pete Carroll's, I think he's about 180 degrees different mentally than what Russ brought to the table in Seattle. It would just be a really different fit in the locker room. I can't see Baker's attitude and Pete Carroll's style getting along that well, but he certainly has talent and I wouldn't, be shocked if he signed with the Seahawks, but I'd be very curious to see how that fit would play out throughout the season. Do you think Cleveland might end up having to keep him? At this point, it's absolutely looking like it. It just seems like no teams want that huge price tag for what he comes with. And I think he's running out of options. So that's going to make for a really interesting situation in Cleveland. I'm just wondering if they might have to keep him based on any potential suspension mm -hmm. for Deshaun yeah. Watson. That's exactly right. I don't think that 
that situation is going to clear up anytime soon. So that might be their one and only remaining quarterback. It would be interesting to me to see how does he walk into the locker room? And how does he regain the trust of the team as well? That would be an interesting perspective. Talking about some of the other teams, who do you thought had the best draft? I know it's very hard to predict what a draft is, you know, a couple of weeks after, but, you know, moving forward, who do you think had the best draft? There were a couple of teams. I think the Jets had a really good draft. I'm curious to see what they're going to do going forward. They had a ton of picks in the first round and I think they made some really good selections Uh, I'm really curious to see I know he was very flashy on draft day but Sauce Gardner was one that caught my attention so going there that'll be an interesting situation to see how that plays out throughout the year the other team that really caught my eye were the Ravens as well so kind of keeping my eye on those two seeing how it plays out but like you said it's easy to predict which were good and bad picks so far in advance but to see how those rookies develop will be the true test Why do you think Baltimore drafts so well seemingly almost every year? I'm not sure if it comes down to scouting or looking past. I know so many teams have this ability to look at the numbers, the numbers that, you know, the colleges put out or even at all of the training camps and things like that. And it's while, you know, your your 40 time is really important and the size of your hands are really important. It sort of is like the overall picture. What does the player bring to the table? And just thinking about different people, you know, the first one I think about is Russell Wilson. You know, his numbers didn't add up on paper, yet look what he produced. So maybe certain scouts or coaches have that ability to see past those flashy numbers on paper to see who the players actually will be. They also seem to do a good job of waiting out the draft. They just kind of linger around, and it just seems like players fall to them. Kyle Hamilton, you know, who's rated, you know, as high as the top four or five, falls to 14. They get the top-ranked center in Tyler Linderbaum at 25, and, you know, they just seem to wait, and and these players seem to fall to them. It's very true, and a lot of teams, too, I think up until this year, it was proven that, a lot of teams go for the flash, right? It's a quarterback driven league. So they're going for the quarterbacks they are going for those top picks. And if you have that patience, like you mentioned, to sit and wait and see what develops, you can certainly be rewarded with some good players. One of the things that I found most interesting this offseason is how the value of wide receivers seems to have jumped uh, both in terms of pay and in terms of teams needing them. Philadelphia, for example, made a good trade for AJ Brown from Tennessee Uh, What did you think of that deal? I wrote that down as my most surprising bit of the entire draft. You're so right. It just seems like both with the draft picks, but also the, the veterans in the league, their contracts are getting so huge for wide receivers. And thinking about locally, DK Metcalf, his contract's up. And the money that he is looking to command for his next contract is nothing that I've ever seen for wide receivers. It doesn't seem like there's a shortage of them coming up through college. So I'm not quite sure what it is or what's going on, but it seems like those positions are just really coming to the forefront now. That's such a great point about DK Metcalf is if you were the Seahawks, would you have made the trade that the Eagles did? Because not only did the Eagles have to give up a pick, but they also had to pay $25 million a year. If the Seahawks were given, say, a top 15 pick you know, for DK Metcalf, would you have taken it? Probably not this year. That being said, I wouldn't completely brush it off the table, but 
if they didn't get the picks that they acquired with the Russell Wilson trade, that certainly would have been a possibility because I think before that they only had two picks in the draft. They did have six overall picks, seven this year. So they had a good amount. If Metcalf maybe got a little bit more in terms of his value, I might have considered it. And I know that that was something that teams were looking at even outside of the draft, whether they should trade Metcalf or not. And I'm just not sure if his value is quite there yet. Maybe give it another year and see what he's worth. But I I think they did a, a right decision by holding on to him maybe for one more year, then seeing playing out the last year of his contract and then seeing what he is really worth. In a salary cap league, I actually really liked what Tennessee did. Uh, they took a replacement in Traylon Burks for A.J. Brown, and you also saved the $25 million. That, with so many talented wide receivers coming up, it seems like a position that's a little more easier to fill now. That's right. And it's one of those positions that, like you mentioned, there's certainly not a shortage of them coming out of college. I know the Seahawks took two wide receivers in this year's draft, and they are certainly a team that likes to develop players as they come along. You're right. They are definitely a little bit more fluid in that position. And I wouldn't be disappointed if Metcalf got traded. Certainly like to see him stay with the Seahawks, but his talent is up there and certainly could be interesting to see what the Seahawks could get in return. Sticking with DK Metcalf, what might the situation turn into if, say, Drew Locke and Geno Smith are really struggling around week seven or eight? Does any noise come out of that? I definitely think so. I know in past years when Russ struggled with four game stretch and they kind of went into a little bit of a speed bump, there were all those meetings and you heard a bunch of rumblings coming out of the Seahawks that the receivers weren't happy. And in a year like this, when there really isn't any solid foundation at the quarterback position, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see movement in that position with Metcalf or even Lockett in that case. He can certainly get some great value for what he brings to the table. So nothing surprises me this year with the Seahawks. Speaking of great value, do you have any favorite picks from any of the other teams in the draft? There are a couple that I did see. I Like I said, i always love a good story. So I was really excited to see Kenny Pickett go 20th overall with him having his college years in Pittsburgh, playing at the same stadium. And that's certainly a lot of extra pressure that he's going to have on himself playing in front of the hometown crowd like that. I think that's a really neat story there. I really liked, again, kind of keeping on that same theme, uh, Aiden Hutchinson staying in Michigan. That's always a good a good story. So those are some ones that I really want to keep my eye out and see how they develop as the year goes ahead. Switching back to the Seahawks, looking forward, who will be their starting quarterback at the beginning of next year? Do you think it will be a veteran? Do you think it might be Drew Locke? Or do you think in a very quarterback-rich draft, they may take their quarterback of the future next year? I'm thinking that this year, even though Pete Carroll isn't calling it a growth year or a developing year, I do believe that their quarterback is going to be in the next draft. Just looking ahead, I know it's a year ahead, but there are some incredible quarterbacks coming up through college. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are a couple that come off the top of my mind, and they always find these little hidden gems. So I have a feeling that they're going to be playing out this year, you know, hoping that their rookies really step up using lock or or Geno Smith as basically glorified game managers and really looking ahead to the future to where their quarterback will be. This was one of the first years that I watched the draft with 
little or no emotional interest since my Miami Dolphins had essentially no picks. What did you think after the draft took place? Would you have still done what they did for Tyreek Hill? I think so. I know we've talked about this previously, how they are going all in on Tua. And if they can bring in those cast of characters that can just elevate his game, it's going to be a really good year for Miami, I think, even though they didn't have a lot of picks. I think he's going to bring a ton to the table. And with Teddy Bridgewater backing him up, it's going to be a really good quarterback room. Are there any free agents left out there that uh, surprise you that they're still available? There are a couple. Odell Beckham, I believe, is still a free agent. Not super surprised that nobody's picked him up before, but I think L.A. may go back to him. That's always a possibility. I'm actually quite surprised Dwayne Brown is still available. So that might bode well for the Seahawks, but given the fact that they picked up a couple of rookies for their offensive line, I'm not sure how that will play out. And the only other person I can really think of is uh, Gronk. So Rob Gronkowski, I'm not sure if he really wants to play again, but if Tom Brady's back in the fold for one more year, I wouldn't be totally surprised if he gets another kick of the can with, uh, with Tom. So that might be a good fit down in Tampa. He may just resign just to go to play in Germany for the one time against the Seahawks. That against the Seahawks. Yeah. The one free agent out there that I thought might be interesting is uh, J.C. Treader, who's yes. a center from Cleveland. I thought he was uh, he's might be the best player left out there. And Aaron, you also have a note on some interesting Canadians that were picked in the draft. Yes, there was one that really caught my eye was uh, Jesse Lutkel, a linebacker out of Ottawa, born in Edmonton, and he got picked up. And it was really interesting because I saw a couple of photos way back when in the early 2010s when he was just a kid hanging out on the sidelines at a Winnipeg Blue Bomber game. And he was just a massive fan of the CFL. And I just think, you know, for everybody who slags the Canadian Football League, I think that's kind of, again, maybe a neat story to show really the impact that it has on kids growing up in Canada and the ability for them to really make it in the NFL. So that was a really neat story that I followed and he was I think one of three Canadians that were selected in the draft so that's always a good thing to see. Are you looking forward to the start of the CFL season? I certainly am yeah their draft just happened the other day so that was really neat to follow as well and I think it's going to be a really good year. I think there's a lot of interest kind of coming back to the league and a lot of pressure on my beloved Winnipeg Blue Bombers for a three-peat so I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on that. What else do you do to satisfy the football bug between now and the start of the NFL season? Yeah, there's a little bit of a lull uh, for the next couple of weeks, I guess, as you know, the preseason camps start and then the training camps start. So now it'll be shifting over to the CFL because they're ramping up their season in less than about a month. So going to keep an eye on that and also just kind of the quarterback controversy, if you can call it that in Seattle, see how the preseason games go, see how the practices go between Locke and Geno Smith. And, you know, you never know with Seattle if they do find another quarterback from a team or just you know a free agent or undrafted free agent we'll see how that goes so keeping my eye on that for sure Darren thanks as always for joining us we'll do it again soon thanks very much NFL report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halluschuk is a black press media podcast 
from the latest community news to informative, entertaining reads for travelers and the cannabis curious. Just visit your local Black Press Media community newspaper website to sign up today.